a warning. The first Christ followers were Jewish. Peter, James, John, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, to name a few. It's safe to assume they grew up going to the synagogue and following Jewish customs. For the men, this would have included the Jewish practice of circumcision. God had established circumcision as the sign of the covenant he made with Abraham and his descendants. Genesis 17, 1-14 Before Jesus, circumcision was the defining mark of the people of God. The Colossians did not have this backstory. Colossae was not a Jewish city, but a Gentile city. As such, the Colossians grew up worshiping pagan gods and following pagan rituals. One of the astounding realities of the good news of Jesus is that through his life, death, and resurrection, he established a new covenant that was now open to all people, Jews and Gentiles alike. By receiving Jesus as their Lord, the Colossians were now part of the people of God. Still, Paul knew that there were those who would try to deceive the Colossians into thinking that something else was required. There is a hint of who Paul has in mind in the first verse of today's reading, although we can't see it in English. When Paul says, See to it that no one takes you captive. The word he uses for take captive is actually a pun. In the original Greek, in which the letter was written, this word is only one or two letters off from the word synagogue. Paul is warning the Colossians to watch out for Jewish teachers who may try to burden them with more expectations. Colossians 2, verses 8 through 15. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and... Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Complete in Christ. As Gentile churches like the church in Colossae were just getting started, a certain group of Jewish teachers began teaching these new Christ followers that their decision to follow Jesus was only half of what they needed to do. Now, these Jewish teachers argued the Gentiles needed to be circumcised and to follow the Jewish law. In several of Paul's letters, most notably his letter to the Galatians, he condemns this teaching. Here he is warning the Colossians not to fall prey to it. He reminds them that Jesus, being fully God and fully human, accomplished everything that was needed. And if we have everything we need in Jesus, why tack on more expectations? 
We may not encounter the circumcision debate in our day, but we can still fall prey to thinking we need more than Jesus to be accepted. Sometimes we think God will only accept us if we do good deeds. Sometimes we think God will only accept us if we avoid bad deeds. Sometimes we think God will only accept us when we're productive for his kingdom. Sometimes we think God will only accept us when we feel acceptable. Yet Paul reminds us, in Christ, we have been brought to fullness. When we have Jesus, we already have everything we need. Reflection Questions What kinds of requirements are you tempted to add to your faith in Christ? How might knowing you already have everything you need in Christ free you from your own or others' expectations?